Hey, this is Brian Gibbs. Welcome to The Torch. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking to you about the Holy Spirit freshly sending and commissioning messengers and voices throughout all of America and to the nations of the earth. So much more on this episode. Can't wait. Welcome to The Torch. So great to be back with you today. Um, really, really blessed by um, the feedback from, from our, uh, our topic last week. Of course, it was a tribute uh, to my dad and to my family, uh, my mom as well. Um, just enormous uh, response. Um, so blessed, giving God all the glory. Um, it was a tremendous episode. So for those of you that, that uh, perhaps did not, uh, see that or wasn't able to listen to it last week, go back to last week's uh, Torch episode. It's called A Tribute. Is that right, Josiah? A Tribute, yeah. And uh, so here we are. Uh, thank you for those that are listening afresh today. Welcome to The Torch. Those of you that are watching, those of you that are listening, feels really good in here. Uh, we've been having a time of prayer, <clears throat> time of preparation. I believe God's going to really use this episode uh, far and wide, and uh, I'm, we're just so thankful for how he is taking the torch uh, throughout this nation and uh, also with international listeners, which is just amazing. And so uh, I don't want to miss that, um, miss even recognizing you that are listening internationally and how this is making impact in uh, different countries in Australia and England and throughout Europe and different parts of, of the world. Humbling, um, yes, but you know what? <clears throat> We're here pointing people to Jesus. Obviously, that's that's everything that matters. He is everything that matters. And so I want to pray. want to go right into uh, the Word. want to just flow today, see where the Holy Spirit uh, begins to navigate us as, as we go. So, Father, again, we just thank you for an amazing day that you have made for us, Lord, and we worship you in it. And we just welcome the Holy Spirit to navigate this time here at the torch and pray, Lord, fresh anointing and fresh oil. Lord, that you carry this to, to really bring refreshing, uh, to strengthen all of our friends, all of our partners, all of our new friends, Lord. Just pray, Lord, that your river will flow so richly today. Pray that your word, Lord, is alive and coupled by the Holy Spirit and by the anointing. And that, Lord, you encourage every one of my friends that are listening today and those of you that are watching. I pray that the Lord would just strengthen you in your inner man, in your divine assignment, in your calling, in the sphere that the Lord has given you influence, in the spheres that God has given you authority. Oh, I just bless you. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. All right, so we're going we're gonna to be in the, the Gospel of Matthew, in um, Matthew chapter 9, for just a few minutes. And I have, I have just been swimming uh, the, the Gospels recently, and it seems like I'm always in the Gospels, but in the last recent weeks, um, one of the ways I study the Bible, one of the ways that I encourage the people that we lead here at Victory, a church of His presence, um, I encourage them if if they find themselves getting stuck, and it's a good stuck, uh, stuck in passages or or specific chapters. I continue them to push pause, and stay right there in those passages, and continue to uh, put on their deep sea diving gear, so to speak, and just keep swimming in those passages for treasure, and for revelation. And I would encourage you that today, that when the Holy Spirit really begins to highlight uh, portions or chapters uh, in any book or the Gospels, um, stay in it. Stay in it time and again. Reread it. Uh, say it over yourself. Pray it. See yourself in the pages. Let yourself get within the story. And so today we're in the Gospel of Matthew. I'm in Matthew chapter 9. And uh, before I read the passage, I, I know that... Uh, so many of you who reached out to me, wrote me from last week, even the things that we shared about the Jesus Revolution film, 
um, which is just incredible. If you've not seen it, please, please get out, see the film. And um, I got to take, I had the privilege of taking my mom, who is now in Florida with us. Uh, we are loving life with mom here, uh, which has been, uh, you know, everything we've been through in the last month has been a huge transition uh, with my dad stepping into heaven. But having mom here at this time uh, has been so wonderful. And I got to take her uh, to see the film. And uh, I think if I started talking about it, I would I would just lose it and start weeping. But uh, she she was overwhelmed by the Spirit of God, and that's really all I can say. Um, but I I'm I'm just going to encourage everyone listening, everyone watching, go see Jesus Revolution. Bring some friends and uh, bring your tissues. Uh, bring two boxes of tissues. Uh, you're you're going to encounter the Holy Spirit in a very very special way. And uh, as for me, I just, <clears throat> I just feel the burning of the Lord, um, specifically the burning for souls uh, being ignited, freshly ignited within me. And to see them disciples, see them trained, see them brought into their identity as sons and daughters of God. And um, anyway, Jesus' revolution is so powerful. Matthew 9, we're going to look at this and we're, we're going to start flowing here. Matthew 9 I'm reading out of verses 35 through 38 and then a few more verses as we go into chapter 10. Then Jesus went about all the cities and, and villages teaching in the synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. I want to read a few more verses. Go right into chapter 10, verse 1. Then he called his 12 disciples to him. He gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out. Hallelujah and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Jumping down to verse 7 and 8. And as you go, Jesus said, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. And as I've pointed out so many times, and perhaps many times at the torch, but I know, uh, of course, here regionally for victory, you learn how to give by receiving. Jesus said, you freely receive, now go and freely give. You learn how to give by first receiving, and it's receiving directly from the Lord. It's being with the Lord, quality time with Him, and in the Word, and in the Spirit of God, and receiving. You, you learn how to give forgiveness by what? Receiving forgiveness. You learn how to give grace by first what? Receiving grace. You learn how to give love properly away to people by first being loved by God. You learn how to give trust to people by being entrusted with trust from God Himself. And I'll take it to another level. And this is where we're going today. You learn how to give power by first receiving power. So notice what Jesus did here. Jesus, He did not send them out to do something hard. I shared about this this past week here at Victory. Jesus didn't commission them out, you know, when he said, you know, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, so on and so forth. He wasn't sending them out to do something hard. He was sending them out to do something impossible without the endowment of the power of the Holy Spirit upon God's people. Now, notice that. You're you're really not, listen, Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing, all right? Now, we've got to recognize that when we go out, we're, we're not going out in our own ability, our personality, our own strengths, our, our own efforts. We are going out in the power of the Spirit that truly makes all of what Jesus said in this commission possible, all right? And Jesus would have never said, that pray this way, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven if it were not possible. Amen? Can I get an amen out there? 
So a key verse today. Here's what Jesus said. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. I love that. Um, I shared, I think it was on the torch here. I shared about, it was uh, about 10 years ago. Um, I was preaching in Dallas, Texas. I was preaching at Christ for the Nations Institute. And um, it was a special week, week long of meeting speakers every night. And so I had my night. And then Lou Engle came in the very night after me. And um, uh, many of you know Lou Engle. And if you're not, if you're just listening, you're not watching, I'm doing the Lou Engle. Uh, what do you call this, Josiah? The the rock, I guess. The the Lou Engle rock, the fasting and, and prayer rock. And I can't talk like Lou, but anyway. Uh, so uh, Lou came in at the night after me and he was thundering on this word um, about right out of this text about when Jesus said, therefore pray the Lord of the harvest, send out labors into the harvest. This, this phrase, send out, in the Greek, it was ekbalo, ekbalo. And what it means, is, as um, Lou elaborated that night, he said ekbalo means to be thrusted out or cast out or pushed out or forced out, uh, pushed out with force to actually win souls. That's what he was talking about. So you'll see this all through scripture, this akbalod. It's, it's to be thrust out, cast out. Um, I guess I would give it another example of that is when, when Jesus was driven into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. I'm sure many of you remember that. So that word again there is akbalo. Jesus was akbaloed. He was driven literally into the wilderness by the Spirit of God, right, to be tempted by the devil. And so right now, what what we are seeing, the Lord is sending afresh. He is he is ekbellowing. He is taking people in his loving grip. He's empowering them. And the Lord is freshly sending voice, voices and fresh messengers, men and women. He is commissioning them in a fresh wave right now into the harvest field. More and more people are hearing and heeding and obeying the call of God like never before. And for me, I have been praying this prayer with the Lord for many, many, many years. But freshly, it is just, it has taken hold of me where I'm, I'm asking the Lord to send out labors afresh into our schools and into our universities, into the media and the film and the arts industry, into um, geopolitical spheres and, and, and governmental fear, uh, uh, spheres of authority, governmental spheres of authority, and that the Lord is releasing his messengers with fresh anointing, courage, frankly, bold as lions, to speak the words of life, to release the gospel. That is to be our prayer. And Jesus said, I want you to join me in that prayer. He said that the harvest is not the problem. What, what the, the, the key that Jesus was pointing to, the, the harvest is so plentiful. It's ready. It's ripe. You'll remember in John 4 with Jesus at the woman at the well, when he had to actually correct the disciples and say, look, I, I need you to stop thinking seasonal. I need you to stop thinking that way. I, I need you to actually lift up your heads, lift up your eyes and look about you because the harvest is now ripe. It's ripe unto harvest. So don't be saying in any more, uh, you say four months and then the harvest. Jesus says, I, I tell you clearly, I tell you plainly, the harvest is ready. It's ready to be ripe. And so um, as the Lord is commissioning us freshly, and many are beginning to heed his voice and hear his voice. Something, something that I, I specifically consistently do is I ask the Lord, God, put your word in me like a fire. Put your word in my heart. Put your word in my mouth like a fire. Put your love on display through me. I, I will pray, Lord, manifest your love through me. I also pray, Lord, let your anointing be on my voice. I think that's so key, so important, so it can cut through the noise of so many other voices. Amen. We, we want to be a voice for God. Amen. We don't want to be an echo. I'm, of course, I'm quoting uh, Leonard Ravenhill right now. We don't want to be an echo. We want to be a clear, true clarion call, a true voice for God. 
something I also pray is that, Lord, let your, let your presence be in my touch and be in my hands so that as I'm interacting with people, as I'm touching them, if I'm praying for them in the hospital, if I'm praying for them, even if I'm in a conversation and I end up just deliberately touching their shoulder or just interacting with them, Lord, let them feel your manifest presence in my touch and in my hands. And then I, I also pray, Lord, give me your, give me your wisdom. Give me your crea creativity in my mind. Stir up prophetic thoughts. Stir up prophetic unction for me to begin to flow and to speak a clear word into somebody's heart and in their life. And then I, I also pray, Lord, let the shine of your presence be on my countenance. And then let your favor be upon me, Lord, to open doors and to close doors. And so just some practical things that I pray, you can make them your own prayer. So back to this Akbello being thrust out with force. I, uh, I shared actually a story uh, this past week to Victory here at our church. And I, I wanted to just bring it right into the torch today. But um, my dad actually uh, truly Akbello'd me uh, as a boy. I was learning to swim. And my dad had just bought this brand new, amazing air rubber raft that we blew up and it had these cool oars on it. And of course, I'm a little little boy, little little child, and, and dad's wanting to teach me how to swim. And so um, some friends of his were, uh, they, they worked at the Y and uh, cleaned the Y through the night and everything. So we, we got in there after hours. And, and so it was just me and dad in this Olympic-sized pool and uh, we jump in this raft, and he takes me out on this raft, and we're having a really cool time. Uh, but I didn't know that my dad was about to take hold of me and teach me how to swim. I didn't know how to swim yet. And he grabbed a hold of me, and he threw me straight up into the air. When, once we got into the deep end, Dad just took me and launched me. And, of course, I came breaking out of the surface of the water, uh, completely terrified, and I took off swimming. And I swam all the way to the far, uh, the deep end of the pool and in total shock and looked back at him. And of course, he was laughing at me. And he said, look at that. You just learned how to swim. Now, uh, before I make my grand point, I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not telling all young fathers or young mothers out there listening or watching uh, that that's what you should do. I'm, I'm not saying that. But... <laughs> As I turned around in terror, looking at my dad, my dad was laughing. He said, look at that, you, Brian, you can swim. And he said, now I want you to swim from the edge, let go of the edge and swim back out here to the raft. And it wasn't long that I just broke right over that threshold or barrier of fear, had my confidence and swam out to the raft. And dad grabbed a hold of me and threw me up inside the raft. We had a really good laugh uh, together. And... Um, Special moment, actually, special memory. Um, Dad's only been gone not even four weeks, but uh, it, it was a it was a wonderful memory for me to grab hold of, especially about us being ekbellowed by the Spirit of God. The Lord thrusting, just grab hold of that today. The Lord desires to take hold of you and I. Take it personal. He wants to thrust you out into the mess the, where it's just, where it's dark. He wants to light you as his torch. Amen. That's, that's what this is all about. The torch is about us being lit by the Spirit of God and being ekbellowed by the Spirit of the Lord into places of darkness, spheres of darkness to bring the illumination of the Holy Spirit, bring the word of the Lord. And so... As we look at the scripture, what did Jesus do? Jesus identified for us that the harvest is not the problem. The laborers and the lack of laborers are really the problem. Those that are being sent, those that need to answer the call. I, I don't like saying this, but there's far too many people listening to scripture, listening to sermons week after week, month after month, after month year after year. Sadly, they're not doing a lot with what they're being filled with in their reservoirs. They're not, they're not using that. And so in the torch today, I, I want to aim at this subject that we begin to partner with God and that by the Spirit of the Lord, the Lord begins to commission us afresh into the harvest fields. And I've said this before, I'll say it again. Revival is not need and sanitary. R revival will always be messy, but it is necessary for the Lord to get us out into the harvest fields. 
And and I'll <clears throat> just a side note here. I remember when Bren and I many years ago um, met with the Argentine revivalists, the um, Carlos Andacondia, uh, Pablo Batari, many other seasoned, powerful gifts. They came to a church that we were basing out of it, uh, Heritage Fellowship, Pastor Cleddy Keith. I remember when uh, Pablo Batari said that they learned this revelation in the Argentine revival. He said, what, whatever you keep in the church will eventually die out. He said, but if you take it out of the church and you take it into the marketplace, take it into the streets, take it into culture, he said, it will begin to multiply. And boy, that revelation is freshly upon me, especially just, just watching the Jesus Revolution movie. You've got to see it. So powerful. Of course, through the hippie movement, they just went out. They went everywhere into the streets sharing the gospel. And uh, just awesome. So special point here, the Holy Spirit is our helper. Can I get an amen? The, the Holy Spirit is the helper, but we are the doers. We have to do our part. You know, the, the Holy Spirit is going to do his part, but he actually expects us to do our part. It's good to recognize what the work of the Holy Spirit is, but not just stop there. We have to go on and seek the Lord on our part and ask him where he's commissioning us into. What do we have a sphere of authority or, or a jurisdiction or a yes, a yes from God to step into? And then when we get that from the mind of the Lord, and the Holy Spirit is what? He's the one who seeks the deep things of God. He, seek, he seeks the deep mind, uh, the deep places of the Father's thoughts and intentions. He's the one that imparts that to us. And so once we get that, we have to be the ones that take courage. We cannot begin to procrastinate, talk ourselves out of the will of God, talk ourselves out of the purposes of God, not hesitate, not procrastinate, not deviate, from what the Lord is telling us to do. Because the Lord has clearly said, you are salt and you are light. Say that freshly over yourself today. I am salt. I am light. And the Lord is, the Lord is calling us to engage these times and this generation with a revelation that we are salt and light, that we are not the people, we are not believers or disciples of the Lord that need to be insulating our lives in such a way or barricading our lives in such a way that we're not touched by the feelings of what is happening out in this generation right now. We need to feel the great need, the great need of Generation Z, of uh, Generation uh, Alpha. We need to feel the passions of the Lord launching us in that. And I'll tell you, folks, there is such a fresh spirit of awakening, moves of the Holy Spirit, not only here in America, but in the nations of the earth. Nations are beginning to feel and experience great awakening, great revival, movements of the Spirit of God. We need to be the people, we need to be the church where we feel the heart of the Lord. And when we get His unctions, we don't delay on it. We start moving into it. We're obedient. Amen. We want to be obedient. So this is what Jesus said, Matthew chapter five. And uh, of course, we're in the gospel of Matthew again. And for those of you that are listening, I'm just going to back up, take a quick swig here. All right. And today's broadcast is not brought to you by Coca-Cola, but man, that is really good. All right. So Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. If the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is good for nothing now to except to be thrown out and trampled under the feet of men. You are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill. It cannot be hidden, and nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. These are the words of Jesus. So there's no more hiding. That's what Jesus is getting, getting at. There could be no more hiding. There, there could be no more shrinking backwards. There, there could be no more insecurity. Us just making the excuses of, of, you know, I'm only good at this, I'm only good at that. Use what you have. Amen. Use what you have. Ask the Lord for more. When you start using what you have, God will give you more indeed. And so... 
it's the responsi- it's a responsibility of all that are in the true church to be salt and light. Uh, th- this is not just about those that are behind pulpits and sanctuaries. This is about everyone recognizing that you are anointed and you are called and you are chosen and you are set apart and empowered by the Spirit of God to go and be a witness, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Amen. So now, Jesus called those that that understood whether more than they could understand the times, it's, it's a harsh word. He called them hypocrites. And we don't want to have anything to do with hypocrisy. I don't, I don't want any level of hypocrisy in my life. I know you do not either. And so it's crucial that we understand the times and understand what the Holy Spirit is doing, that he is ekbellowing the church. He is thrusting the church out. And we, we cannot shrink back from the call. I want to direct your attention to the book of Revelation chapter 3 for just a moment. This is so important because the church of Laodicea, they were given the greatest rebuke in all the church age, prophetically, the church age, as it opens up in the book of Revelation, they were, they were actually hit with the strongest words of Jesus, which was an open yet loving rebuke. Jesus says, those that I love, what do I do? I rebuke them. Those that I love, I chasten them. So know that even when you're rebuked by God, you're, you're deeply loved by God. Please hear that today. Okay, we, we have a perfect good father. Amen. And so the Lord speaks this word of rebuke to Laodicea, yet he gives them the most epic promise and, and the potential of promise. And we're going to look at that in just a minute. So first we need to see why their need is so great in the Laodicean church. Secondly, we have to understand that how overcoming these really gross negative things that Jesus is talking about, that the church has to be confronted with, that when we do and we're zealous and we repent, what happens is we have the potential of becoming some of the greatest overcomers on the face of the earth since some of the greatest saints walk the earth that the world has ever known. Now, so let's look at it together. Verse 14, And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things says the Amen, the faithful and true, witness the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works. Now, again, this is Jesus speaking. I know your works. You're neither, you're neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. And so then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. That is intense, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus goes on. He says, because you say, you say this, you say, I'm rich. I've become wealthy. I have need of nothing. And you do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And anoint your eyes with eye salve so that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten. And therefore, be zealous and repent. I want to put that on pause. Then I'm going to grab hold of the next portion of Scripture for just a moment. Even even in this epic rebuke, that God says, look, you look at your world like it's this way. I look at it and I look and I see it's this way. And if God says, you see, it, you see it this way, but this is reality, then what you have to actually do is humble yourself and repent and recognize that what God is saying is reality. Look, if you, if you take the word of God, let me take one of these Bibles here. If you take the word of God and you're offended by the word of God, my encouragement to you is that you've got to humble yourself, bend yourself, yield and surrender yourself to the truth of God's word. The word of God, my friends, the word of God has to be your final authority. So if you're you're offended with God on something, recognize first and foremost, God God is right, okay? And you're wrong. God is right, I'm wrong. God is in charge, I'm not in charge. 
I'm in control of my life, but God is in charge of my life and the world. He's fully in charge, all right? So we're in control of our lives. Christ defines our lives. Hear this, Christ is the one who defines our lives. We're in control of our lives, but ultimately, when I say God is in charge, that means you will ultimately one day bow your knee and give an account. You will give an account for your life completely to the one who is in charge, all right? Who is sovereign, who is Lord. Now watch this. Jesus goes on, verse 20, he says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and I will dine with him and he with me. I, I love this. Man, do you feel, do you feel the love of God in this? I don't want you to be naked. I want to clothe you, Right? That's what he's saying. I don't want you to be blind. I want you to see. I don't want you to be spiritually poor. I, I want to make you truly rich. I want to give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. So if anyone hears my voice, I'll come in. I'll sit down. I'll dine with you. And we'll be together. We'll be one. And to him who overcomes, here it is. This is, this is spectacular. and this is, a, this, this is mind-boggling. To he who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Wow. Epic. Again, they received the greatest rebuke, yet they received the greatest potential of promise to sit with the Lord on his throne. You either believe this or you don't. Ladies and gentlemen, the word of God is true. Jesus is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. He's not playing games with us. The Lord doesn't play games with us. He's saying, if you overcome in this wicked dark age, if you will, if you will be zealous and repent, I don't, I, don't want you, I don't want you lukewarm. I would rather have you cold or I'd rather have you hot. Friend, the Lord wants you hot. The Lord wants you burning. The Lord wants you to be a living, burning torch of his manifest presence. He doesn't want us lukewarm. He says, if you'll, if you'll repent and you'll overcome in this age, I'll have you sit down with me on my throne. Epic. Just epic. So, the Laodicean church. I'm going to be wrapping it up here in just a few minutes. The Laodicean church, they were so prosperous like like today's church throughout the earth, throughout the world, especially here in the United States of America. They really had everything they needed, but they didn't really have God. This caused them to become lukewarm. It made the Lord so sick that he wanted to vomit them out of their mouth. Being lukewarm is the worst condition that a Christian can fall into. Being lukewarm actually reveals an ultimate contempt for the Lord. Indifference is an, is, is, it is an affront to any relationship. So to know, to know God, to know the Almighty God, and to be lukewarm towards God, it is the greatest insult of all. Let me quote Charles Spurgeon, the amazing Prince of Preachers. He says, it is not possible for mortal men that they should be thoroughly conscious of the divine presence without being filled with awe. He's, he's really getting to the core of it. To, to experience and know God is to be filled with absolute awe and wonder time and time again. You, you, you can't get bored with God. So that's why lukewarmness is such an affront to God. So to clearly know God in his glory and his beauty and to know that there's so much more of him to encounter and discover and to know and, and to yet be lukewarm, that's a total affront to God. That's why he's saying be zealous and then repent. Repent is what? It's to change your heart. It's to change your way of thinking. What we have to do in this hour is to recover our zeal for the Lord. Let me say that again. We have to recover our zeal for the Lord. We have to recover our humility to be able to get before God and truly repent if we're going to overcome through these dark times. And these are 
absolutely dark times. And so we have to keep the fire burning. The, the Lord is the one who lights the fire, but we are the ones as priests that we tend to the fire of the Lord. The Lord lit the fire of his presence on the altar in Moses' tabernacle, in the tabernacle of Solomon. But the, the priests were commanded then to keep the fire burning. They had to furnish what needed to be supplied to keep that burning. So when God lights the fire in every heart, we have to watch over it. We have to protect it. We have to steward that. How do we do that? Well, we know that we steward that by intimacy with God. We steward it by prayer and quality time with God in time of worship, in reading and indulging our hearts, surrendering our heart to the word of God, letting our lives be conformed to the word, washing our lives with the word of the Lord. You know, husbands, it's not just your responsibility to wash your wife with the water of the word of God. You first have to wash your own life with the word of God. Come on, that's a good word for us today. You got to be continually eating, eating and being supplied and being washed by the empowerment of the word of God. And then you got to get around others who share that same fire, who are living in that same fire. You make sure you're in a community of those that are burning, those that have the witness of the spirit of God within them. And that's what you do. So you make sure the fire of the Lord doesn't go out. And we, you know, we have all been warned even through the words of Jesus about the adverse effects of what would happen in the last days that Jesus prophesied. One of the key things is he said lawlessness would be, it would be abounding so much anarchy and lawlessness, the destruction of law, the disregard of law completely. It would affect people in such a manner, in such a way, it would cause people's love to begin to grow cold. And my, my friend, my confession over my life, those that I lead, those that I'm friends with, I, I, I always say, may that never be your story. May that never be my story, that, that the effects of lawlessness, of, of, you know, when we're seeing so much injustice happen in this generation, especially here in the United States of America. I mean, this point is so well proven. In our times, lawlessness is abounding everywhere. Jesus said, be careful, because when people start seeing that and experiencing that, their love is going to be, begin to grow cold. And may that never be your story, that your love would grow cold. And I'm rounding the bases. We're just about there. I want to talk to you for a second about this, back to this bellowing of the Spirit of God going out. I want to talk for a second about the remnant principle. All right, so here, here we have Jesus addressing a crowd of more than 500 disciples or followers in the city of, or just outside of Jerusalem, and him commissioning to go and stay in Jerusalem until they are endued with power from on high. He said, do not leave, do, wait and tarry. You're going to become my witnesses to Jerusalem, uh, Judea, Samaria, to, to the uttermost parts of the earth, but I need you to wait and tarry. So we remember the resurrected Jesus is saying this. He was on the earth 40 days uh, after his resurrection. Then he ascended to be with the Father and even releasing the promise of his return. But he told them to go and to wait till they're empowered from on high. So at the day of Pentecost. So what was that? That's, that's 50 days from his resurrection. Okay. So now he's been in the earth 40. 40 plus 10 is what? It's 50. 50 days later, the day of Pentecost is fulfilled. The Spirit of God is being poured out, rushed upon the people of God in the upper room. But here's my point. It's the remnant principle is my point. Jesus told over 500 individuals to go and wait and tarry. We, we've done the math. We've done the deduction. You've read the book of Acts, or perhaps you need to read the book of Acts. It says in the book of Acts, chapter 1 and, verse, and, and chapter 2, it says only 120 people were present in the upper room when the Holy Spirit fell upon them. They were in unity. They were in one accord. They were burning together in the place of prayer. Well, what happened? There was, there was a diminishing. There was a shrinking. They went from 500, maybe more than 500, to 120. Now, think about that. Here's my point. Often what we don't realize is that even in churches or in ministries, there's also a shrinking effect so that they can come into a higher level or a higher synergy of unity 
so that once they hit that highest place of unity and love and intensity in the Lord, then there's a greater release suddenly of the glory of God and the purposes of God. Oh, grab hold of that. And, and I've, I've told the story um, in times past. Um, uh, our friends Bill and Benny Johnson, of course, Benny amazingly is in heaven already. I, it's just shocking. Uh, but, but Bill and Benny have told us the story concerning Bethel. And uh, in, in, in a humorous way, I remember Bill and Benny telling me and Bren, we were having dinner one night, and they said, yeah, when we became the lead pastors of Bethel, they said we, we grew the church from 2,400 to 1,000. Yeah, let me say that again. They grew the church from 2,400 to 1,000. Yeah, you did the math. It, it, it's a deduction. And so his main point was God had to get us boiled down, if you will, or, or pruned down, if you will, lost a lot of good people, but a lot of good people that was not locked in to the purpose of God for revival and awakening. Good people, but wanted to do other things. But God had to bring them down to that place of unity and agreement so that a greater glory could be expressed and released. And of course, that's absolutely what happened. You know, they, they grew down. They grew down to a church of a thousand. And then what happened? The movement just exploded to the ends of the earth through Bethel. And I'm, I am so grateful, so blessed with Bethel. And um, hallelujah. So, all right. So lastly, lastly, I want to go back to these words of Jesus. Okay. Matthew chapter 9. Verse 37, 38, he says, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. And there it is again, that, that send out. Here's the words of Isaiah. Here's, here's what his response was. Isaiah chapter six, I'm going to read you quickly. Eight verses. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting high upon his throne, lifted up, the train of his robe filling the temple. And above it stood the seraphim. Who are they? They are the fiery angelic beings, fiery beings, angels of fire, each one having six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And they cried one to another, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. And the whole earth is full of his glory. And then the post of the doors, they were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And then the house was filled with smoke. And Isaiah cried out. He said, woe is me. Woe is me. I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people with unclean lips, and for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And then one of the seraphim, he flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which was taken with a tongue from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it, and he said, Behold, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity has now been taken away, and your sin is purged. And let me just pause right there. Obviously, this is before the cross of the Lord Jesus. We know only the blood of Jesus cleanses us and purges our sins and takes away our iniquity. But this is, this is before the cross, okay? This is Old Covenant, Old Testament. And also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, watch these words, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? I want you to see the Lord right now just marching back and forth before his father's throne and just just shouting out the commission in the heavenly realm in the throne room of God who am I going to send who's going to go for us and Isaiah said oh he said here am I send me send me what is he saying send me Lord thrust me out take me let me be your mouthpiece. Let me be your harvester. Let me be your messenger. I will go forth. I will preach. My mouth has been cleansed. I will go. I will proclaim the greatest story 
to the ends of the earth, the love story of God found in His beloved Son. May that be your prayer, that you would hear the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Can I send you? Those of you that are listening to the torch, watching on the torch, can the Lord send you? Can the Lord trust you to be His messenger? Oh, I pray He can. I pray the Lord can send you freshly into the harvest fields. I pray that that spirit of the Lord, the spirit of evangelism, the, uh, the spirit of the evangelist, the evangelist, who is that? That's Christ, would dwell upon you and in you. Closing today with two last scriptures again as we closed out last week's torch. And I'm right in the vein of it and the thick of it again. Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15. How then can they call on the one whom they've not believed in? How can they believe in whom they've not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? How can anyone preach unless they are what? Unless they are sent. Unless they are ekbalod from the Lord. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Oh, my friend, may the Spirit of God send you. May the Lord commission you. May the Lord give you a fresh revelation. You are His messenger. You are His son. You are His daughter in whom He, in whom he is well pleased. And He trusts you. And He is with you. And you're not going to fail. You may look ridiculous. You may, you may, you may, may make mistakes along the way. But you're not going, you're not going to fail be, being His messenger. The Lord will use you by His Spirit. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen? Finally, the words of Jesus today. Matthew 28. He said, and Jesus came and He spoke to them saying, Go into all the world. Or excuse me. Yes. <laughs> I got to read the first verses. Jesus came and spoke to them. There we are. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Man, I didn't want to miss that. That's what our heart and mind has to be renewed to. Jesus holds all authority, ladies and gentlemen. He holds all supremacy, all authority. We give the devil no place. Jesus holds all authority in heaven and in earth. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always even to the end of the age. Amen. Amen. I want to freshly pray over you before we release you. And before I pray, go to our website, victoryfla.com. We are going to Israel September 3rd through the 16th. You can register today. Go online to our website. You can register. We are only taking this year a team of 40. And so places are already filling up. I think we are at 20 registered right now. So we have 20 seats available. You want to get online. Every bit of information, details, questions you might have, click on the banner. It'll take you there. And um, you can receive all that. Of course, you can always call in our offices here at Victory. That's 941-444-0045. And uh, we would be uh, just blessed to serve you in any capacity uh, Jenny can take care of you here in the office. Again, that's 941-444-0045. But also go to our website concerning Israel. If, uh, if you have always dreamed of going, long to go, you need to reach out to us. It is going to be an epic journey, epic trip, and uh, you don't want to miss it. And so uh, also for those of you uh, that are part of Victory, um, we have our outreach coming up next weekend. That is Friday night. Uh, March 17th. You do not want to miss that. We will be at five points again. We will be preaching. We will be praying. We will be launching the team out. It's going to be incredible. Incredible. So those of you that are not in the region, pray with us for a great harvest of souls. Take that on. Join us for Sarasota. Just, just those of you all over the country, those of you even in other nations, begin to pray for the city of Sarasota that the Spirit of God would overtake this city and region. We would burst into revival and awakening and reformation. We would see the greatest harvest of souls this year in 2023 than ever before. And of course, you know this, we are praying that for you. 
as our friends and partners in the region that God has sent you to and commissioned you to. Well, Lord, I thank you again for today. I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for your word. I thank you for dear friends, Lord. And again, I just pray fresh anointing to each of you today, the strength of God, the goodness of God, his favor going before you, opening every door, a preferential treatment from your father, closing every wrong door, closing every detour. Amen. And keeping the right doors open so that your feet can be bathed in favor and in his presence. That everywhere you go, you would just drip with the presence of God. Hallelujah. That you would be freshly saturated with the dew of heaven. Man, friends, I bless you. My wife and I bless you in the name of Jesus. And again, on the behalf of Victory, a church of his presence, on the behalf of Light the Fire Ministries, on the behalf of my wife, Bren, and myself, we just want to thank you so much for partnering with us praying for our ministry, financially backing us, sowing into our soon coming miracle property and building. Thank you for everything that you are doing to stand with us for the advancement of the kingdom. I love you guys. Remember this. Oh yeah, remember it today. The future doesn't belong to the God mockers. The future does not belong to the God haters. The future belongs to the righteous and the righteous are bold as lions. Until I see you next time, keep the fire burning.